if there's one thing that Koreans know how to make, it's horror. You uh-huh. know, the the Grudge is a Korean film. Oh, it was. I thought it was Japanese. Was it Korean or was it Japanese? Cut this. I'm pretty out. sure it's Japanese. it's Japanese. Cut this out. Yeah, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody to know how ignorant I am about yeah, the Japanese. Yeah. Cut, for cut all this. Cut all this shit out. <laughs> okay, start over. <laughs> Player two has entered the podcast. Let me get started with the recording here. We are live. Oh, yeah. We're ready to talk to you about video games and piss you off when we don't talk about video games. Welcome (laughs) back to Player Two Has Entered the Podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paper Stacks. And with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek Murkison, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, baby. And this week... It's the day after Christmas, baby. Yeah. Yeah, it's the time of recording. How was your Christmas? My Christmas was pretty mellow, man. I was at home with Vicky and Nora, and my mom came over, brought hella gifts for Nora, mm-hmm. and she just stayed over for an hour or two, and then she dipped. And the rest of the day, we were just chilling. Uh, unfortunately, Vicky had a migraine, and Nora was like constipated and coughing and just... All around feeling terrible. Oh, so but I was just laying around, making sure they was okay, and playing Tokyo Xanadu. So okay, that's a chill Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got the in laws in the bubble, of course. So usually, like for the most recent holidays, we've gone over there. Same thing here. We had classy Christmas. We had boozy eggnog, prime mm. rib, some salmon, good stuff. And we all sat, ate a nice meal. Ben was super geeked. This was the first Christmas where he was like, he woke up, not early, I think he woke up at like 940. And he was like, we gotta go downstairs immediately and open presents. (laughs) And we went downstairs, let's open the presents. And I was like, well, chill, let me get my coffee. And it was like for the first year that I had to go, hey, we'll get to them when we get to them. Right. (laughs) I was like, but he was cool. He was like, all right, all right, right, okay, chill, 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 all right. But he was so excited when we actually got a chance to do it. He handed out everybody's presents and he ripped up his gifts all crazy like and had a lot of fun. And he got a little animatronic Grogu, oh, which is the cutest thing. Huh? You you can tap him on the head or just leave him on and he'll like do little giggles and stuff. But if you tap him on the head three times, he uses the force push. I got a few force cool. cho- jokes out of that. It was pretty good. <laughs> and if you lay him down, he actually goes to sleep. Oh, and he like snores for a bit and then like he has his eyes closed and then he what just lays there you... until you wake him back up. What happens if you handcuff him? I don't know. He didn't come <laughs> with handcuffs. He oh. did come with a little Mandalorian necklace like from season one, the little uh, Mandalore head. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So he's wearing that. And yeah, super cute. We haven't left him around any unattended frog eggs yet. Right. So I'm not sure what happens there. <laughs> but Ben loves him. He's treating him like his little baby. <laughs> That's and then he, he ended up from grandma later on. He got a plushie of Grogu's. He has two Grogu's. Nice. He's Grogu'd out. Yeah. No, there's a fun picture of him getting a Spider-Man scooter that was yeah, posted up that. online. <laughs> yeah, where he's just like, ah! Oh my God! <laughs> Spider-Man! <laughs> but yeah, he handed out everybody's gifts. His grandma, his grandpa, his Uncle Jonathan, and then ours, of course. And I, I did, you know, okay for a dad on Christmas. I got socks and t-shirts from my grandmother Love as it. you do mm-hmm. and i got a new christmas sweater that Kristen got me a christmas story themed it's mm-hmm. got the leg lamp on it and it says fragile mm. 
think that's how you pronounce it. It's French. So yeah. I also got a cold brew coffee maker, like not Ooh. just me putting cheesecloth over a bowl, like an actual cold brew, <laughs> you know, with the press and everything. Uh-huh. I don't really know how to use it. So I had to wait for my wife to teach me because I was looking at it like, how do you do anything Things. on this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where the instructions are. Hopefully we still kept those. I couldn't find them. Oh, but she also got me some cold brew coffee packs or whatever from Starbucks. So. It's going to take, you know, 24 hours to do the cold brew process, so I haven't started it yet, but by next week, I should have some cold brew in me. I'll let you know how it goes. I mean, you were over, I think, when we did the Pikachu movie, and I made cold yeah. brew. I don't know if you had any. I but did. It was, oh, you did? Uh-huh. It was pretty decent. Yeah. And that was me just without, I don't even think I had cheesecloth. I had to, like, use, what did I have to use to filter it out? Coffee filters, I think. Probably. I was, like, gingerly squeezing them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so if I can make cold brew... With crude tools, wait till I have the professional stuff. Right. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> we make ready. cold brew. <laughs> we make cold brew in this house, baby. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, not, not too bad. Like I said, I mean, in this year, we talked about it already. Kind of don't get a whole lot of gifts, but that's kind of the point. Right. You know, it's more about getting other people gifts, and I already get myself whatever I want, you know, yeah, whenever I want. Time. Yeah. But if people are looking for gift ideas for me, honestly, best thing to do it's just to get like PlayStation Network or Nintendo eShop gift cards. Yeah. Those are the best things. We got you a couple of those last yeah, year for Christmas. What did you guys end up getting with your gift cards? I ended up getting Darksiders Genesis mm-hmm. and she got oh, I forget what she got. Oh. I forget. Okay. Yeah. Well cool. I'm glad you guys got a chance to use them. Yeah. For uh Vicky, my present to her was cleaning the house. <laughs> so That's I a like good present. Did, yeah, so I did like all the laundry, I mm. cleaned the kitchen, I cleaned the living room, and she didn't like have to lift a finger. So, you know, because I didn't really know what to get her. You know, she just got new phones, she got a new laptop. Uh-huh. It's just, at this point, you're just looking for shit to buy. Right, right. Without it really. She's such know. a big fan of Animal Crossing. She'd have got her some Animal Crossing merch. Um, yeah. Maybe like a little Isabel plushie or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anything that's like cute or toy related, Nora yeah. ends up with it. So, eh, of course. Yeah, I don't buy it. Like I got her a little stuffed Totoro. Yeah. Uh, from my, my neighbor Totoro. Uh-huh. Totoro, and yeah, it's Nora's now. It's oh. Nora's now. Look at me. But Totoro <laughs> is mine now. <laughs> yeah. Either that or she'll punch her face out. So. Yeah. And now, right. <laughs> and speaking of the Noraism. Noraisms. Yay. What happened this week? So, got two of them. One Christmas related, one uh-huh. not. Okay. So, this is Nora, Christmas morning. Can I find, this is after she's been like being a brat, mm. like kind of all morning. Uh-huh. So she's like, can I find some more presents? And I say, really? After acting a fool all morning, you want some more presents? And she said, yes, I want more. <laughs> like, straight-faced, <laughs> not wow. even understanding that she's been a brat. And I'm like, well, see how much stuff you get next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not not for Christmas, just period, throughout right. the year. Because I get her stuff, like, all the time. Because the nature of what I do, I'm always coming home with all types of toys and stuff. If it's something she wants, most of the time I just let her have it. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how often that happens next year. Mm. And uh, the other one, this is a Christmas Eve. She's getting her hair done. And she just says out loud, ugh, it stinks. Vicky's like, what stinks? It stinks over here. I'm done. And then she farts. And she said, ugh, it so stinks. (laughs) (laughs) And Vicky says, Nora, did you fart? Your farts stink. And then she says, oh, stinky farts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as if she didn't know that farts stink. So yeah. I think my daughter just found out that farts stink. 
So that's you know, cool. Sometimes they fly under the radar. Just depends yeah. on what you eat, you know. Yeah, and I feel like she's just now getting accustomed to her sense of smell. Because, mm. you know, I let them rip all the time. And she's never <laughs> and she's never been like, oh. <laughs> yeah, same here with me and Ben. In fact, sometimes I get up in his face in the morning with my morning breath. He says none. You're right. Like, he doesn't say anything. And I'm expecting him to go, Daddy, your breath smells like shit. And I'm like, yeah, I just got up. I haven't brushed my teeth. Wait, your breath smells like shit too, man. <laughs> right. Oh, Nora's morning breath is awful. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Lucky I'm, maybe... <laughs> Maybe it's genetics. I don't know. I, Kristen says that Ben's morning breath is really bad, but it has never offended me. So maybe <laughs> we're just attuned with each other's smells. I don't know. Maybe we cancel right. each other out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool, man. I'm glad you guys had a good Christmas. That's great. Yeah. And uh, just a bit of sad news for my family. My grandmother actually passed away on Christmas Eve. And uh, I just want to ask whoever's listening to send out your thoughts and prayers or whatever you got. To my family, we've got a pretty hard time for my mom and all her siblings yeah. and stuff. So I'm fine. Like I, I've been kind of expecting the call for a few years now. So it's one of those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's one of those. You know, you're expecting it, so you're not too too broken up about it when it happens. So mm-hmm. you know, quality yeah. of life there was not good. I see. Okay. Well, yeah, hopefully, well, I, not even hopefully, I, I know it for sure. She's in a better situation now. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you believe, regardless of what you believe, if you are suffering in life and this is on its way, at least now she's not suffering. So. Right. Yep. Heart goes out to your grandmother and your family for sure. And uh, sorry it. to hear that, man. I really am. Yeah. It's all it's good, man. It happens to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Sooner or later. Well, if we're going to proceed with current events, one thing I'm always interested in every week is the things that you pick up during your thrifting adventures. So I just got to know, Derek, any any good pickup stories this week? I've got one, especially it's from today, actually, which oh, I've okay. said before. On po- it's always at, the day recording. Yeah, it's always yeah. the day of recording because <laughs> I, I never intend to like go pick stuff up, but I just end up picking stuff up. Right. But uh, let's see. I got a PS1 with okay. two controllers. A Super Nintendo with two controllers and Cutthroat Island from the Salvation Army. Okay. Uh, that PS1, I, is it that Square Boy or that Round yeah. Boy? Oh, yeah, it's that Square Boy. Oh, that Square it's Boy. That OG. Yeah. <laughs> and I also picked up some PS3, GameCube, and DS stuff. So I'm just going to run through the PS3 list and the other stuff real quick. Okay. Uh, Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, Never Dead, The Godfather, The Dons Edition, uh-huh. Ragnarok Odyssey Ace. Leisure Suit Larry Box Office Bust. That's an interesting one right there. Mm. Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Splatterhouse, which is a remake from the Sega Genesis games. Uh-huh. Fear 2 Project Origin with the slipcover. Uh-huh. The Simpsons game. And on GameCube, we got Lost Kingdoms and Beautiful Joe, which if you haven't played Beautiful Joe, grab a copy right now. Or better yet, head to my eBay store and pick it up because it is an amazing game. It's good. It's yeah, really good. It, that's the one that up. actually has Devil May Cry or Dante show. No, that's only the PS2 version. That's the PS2 version. version, yeah. That's right. That's right. I think I have the GameCube version of that game, though, if I recall. Or maybe just Beautiful Joe 2, and then I have Beautiful Joe on PS2. I can't remember. Yeah. But there, you're right. It is yeah. a really good game. It is. It holds up. I'm kind of interested in your PS3 and Xbox 360 games. Have you posted any of those up yet? I haven't posted them up yet, but by the time this recording is up, then they should be up. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk offline. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I might have to grab a few of those. Cause, uh, you named off a few I've been looking for, to be honest. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totes, ooh, man. Ooh, ooh. So that's awesome news yeah. for me. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, right. A cool DS game I picked up, Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. 
Account- what? Yep. <laughs> no way. Okay, I'm sorry. It's one of my favorite games. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that was that was the pickups for today, man. It was pretty good. Darren's gonna get, to get some of my fucking listen. money this week. Right. <laughs> Find out how much next week. <laughs> <laughs> Find out how broke Mike is and how angry his wife is next right. week. But yeah, man. That's uh that's it for this week. Pretty much Monday and Tuesday I went out, did my thing. Wednesday I did a little bit, and Thursday and Friday were just obviously Christmas Eve and Christmas, so I didn't do anything right. those days. All right. so. You you had mentioned a little tidbit from last week. We were speculating about Boba Fett and his series, if it was going to be a continuation of Mandalorian or not. So oh, you yeah. learned yeah, confirmation so, on that. Mm-hmm. John Favreau confirmed that it is a separate show. So the okay. Book of Boba Fett is separate from the Mandalorian, which is really nice to hear. Give me yeah, more Star cool. Wars series. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I want yeah. I I bet the episodes will still be chapters, though. You know, yeah, like definitely. Yeah. Right. It was a good theory. Like I was, you know, intrigued by it. I was like, "Oh, that kind of makes sense." But I, I am also glad they're separate because that just excuse to have more. So right. But now I'm wondering, like, I don't really want a spoiler alert for Mandalorian season two. I don't really know what the Mandalorian is without Grogu. Well, you know what I mean, not necessarily. We'll see. It may not necessarily be without Grogu. You know, we the the story is not written yet. We we yeah. know what happens at the end of season two, but we don't know exactly. How far season three takes place ahead of it. Yeah, where it know, takes place, that. when it takes place, why it takes place. Like, there's all this, all this kind there of stuff. So, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if CGI Luke Skywalker was a part of season three as a regular? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt it. That's so expensive. Yeah. I doubt it. But, yeah, they probably would have recast him if that was going to be the case. Right. But, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for this week, man. All right. Real chill. Well, we got into a new show together, something that I reached out to you about earlier in the week, South Korean horror series called Sweet Home, which Mm -hmm. last time I checked was number seven on Netflix. It's the first time I've ever seen a South Korean TV show hit the top 10 in Netflix, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, it's pretty good. What'd you think about that show? I like it, but then again, I like that weird shit. Me too. But uh, Sweet Home, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, I actually haven't watched it in a couple days, but I'm on episode five or six. I'm on episode and, seven, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's real. It's real interesting how they're doing the whole zombie story without zombies, but they're like uh-huh. monsters. They're all turning into different types of monsters, which is interesting to me. It seems to be based off of what their desires were as humans, right? Like if you're going bald, your monster might have like a ton of hair, <laughs> right. right? Basically, but yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting, and I like the characters. It's really hard to figure out who the main character really is. Like I know it's the main guy with the kind of bowl cut going on but i don't think it's him you don't think you're it's talking him? about you're talking about big brother with no, the glasses? no no oh no 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 i'm talking about uh mm, talking about sad this. boy yes yeah, sad boy thank you you think sad? i feel like sad i feel like sad boy may be the main character too but there's a lot of main characters though right because this this show does a really good job this is one of the show's strengths and one thing i like one of the things i like about sweet home is it takes place largely in this apartment building during an apocalypse where, like you said, many people are turning into monsters. A lot of them are violent and they're all different. They do different things, of course, and different people in the apartment complex, they find out and they're grouping together in different factions and finding survive. And as you get further in the series, more and more of them group up together. Like, And so you get to see all their story threads cross. It starts off kind of focusing on Sad Boy, which there's no spoilers because this is the first episode. This kid just moved to this apartment building. His whole family died in a car accident. And he's contemplating suicide himself. He's like, what am I even doing here? You know, right. like and he, you could tell he's just really despondent. And you could tell even before his family died, he was a bit of a shut in. 
I don't know if he's autistic or if he's just really not practiced with social skills. I mean, his parents obviously had differing views on that. Right. It ends up following his story. But then you also have this woman whose fiance recently died and she's a firefighter and kind of a badass, actually. Yeah. Then you have this musician. She's a bassist and she seems kind of cool. This other man who's kind of religious, you know, like his first interaction, like he's just talking about God nonstop. And he's like, but I'm not one of those crazy religious guys. Right. And to the show's credit, he's not. I wouldn't say it's like a Christian show, but it's it's pro-Christian, like which is interesting. You don't see too many mm-hmm. shows that aren't Christian in and of themselves being pro-Christian. Like it's it doesn't proselytize or anything, but he's just made out to be a man of faith and that's okay, right? Right. Yeah. And there are other people who have different understandings. Like there's a Buddhist in the show. He's like an old guy that tinkers with things and makes like weapons, which really helps them out. Right. He's an engineer. And you have another guy who you can tell he's a criminal. He's like a classic Asian criminal. Like apparently they do the same thing in Korea as they do in Japan. You know, the tough, the thug, wearing mm-hmm. like a nice shirt, slacks. He always has his hand in his pocket, even when he's doing yeah. something that probably would require both his hands. Got a cigarette. <laughs> always smoking. All the time. Yeah. Just looks at people and doesn't really talk. A nice scar <laughs> on his face. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and he gets a, a full on backstory. Like you talk about how you really like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because everybody gets a backstory. There are some throwaway characters in this that I don't think are going to get fleshed out, you know, as of episode seven, I can tell. Yeah. There's some, just some, well, I'm like, y'all are probably going to die pretty soon. You're, you're here to die. Right. But there are more main characters than you would think, and they juggle them well, you know? Yeah. And I can't remember any other names because all of their names are Hyun Yoon Soon Hyun Yoon Hyun Hun Hyun. Right. And variations of that. In fact, there are two kids in this show. Yeah. One's name is like, Seon Kyun and the other one's Kyun Soon. Like they just reverse the names or whatever. I think it's Song Yoon and Yoon Song. That's exactly what it is. Thank you. And it unfortunately, my unfamiliarity with the Korean language really hurts helping those names like stand apart. So that's why I've like Jonathan Van Ness style created nicknames for everybody in the cast. Mm -hmm. Michael Scott style. (laughs) Yeah. What we got in the show? We have Tough Firefighter Lady. We have Big Brother. We have bitchy little sister. We've got sad boy. Uh, well, who else we have? We asshole have grocery store man. <laughs> religious samurai. Asshole grocery store man and the wife that he beats. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We have the two cute little sad kids and bassist bat lady. <laughs> bassist bat girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really actually kind of decent. It's cheesy at times, but I enjoy the cheese. Like when there's an action scene, they're always playing this really bad butt rock song. Like we are the yeah, Imagine Dragons. Who built this yeah, town. I was thrown off because it's in I there know. multiple times. I know they throw in like this really crappy Imagine Dragons sounding English rock song that I guess sounds good to Korean ears, but to American ears, yeah, it literally is Imagine Dragons. Oh, it is Imagine Dragons. Yes, it's literally that. No wonder it's so shit. Oh, it's it's happening during some fun stuff, so I let it go. I'm like, yeah, "Ah, whatever, it's fun. The first time they played it, I was cool, but then the next 15 times, I was like, all right. Oh, okay, (laughs) all right, all right. You got, you guys are getting your mileage out of this song, I can see. (laughs) But no, I would recommend it to anybody who would like a good like horror slash survival drama. 
you know, it's a good box series because they're all stuck in that apartment. There there are some scenes shot outside the apartment. There's some stuff before the apocalypse and some people who venture out, you know, in search of whatever. Right. Yeah. So it's it's really cool. And the monster designs are neat. This for those of us who are spoiled on TV shows that have much bigger budgets like the Mandalorian we always talk about. You're going to notice a lack of budget with some of the CGI and the monster design. But there's a lot of good practical effects mixed in with the cheap, cheesy CG. And, I mean, like I said, the designs are interesting and fun. It's cool how they're all different. You never know what's going to happen next. And I've been thoroughly enjoying it. And there's a lot of tense moments, even though there's not as many deaths as you would think. At least not, like, not yet. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's going to pop off. Everybody will be dead. (laughs) Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Maybe we can do a... A spoiler talk about that next week. I'm sure you'll have it finished. I know I will probably. Yeah. And if you're, if you like this show, then you'll like Kingdom on Netflix. It's another South Korean show. And actually, the guy that makes the weapons in the wheelchair, he's a main character in that show as well. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Because I was like, he looks like this other guy, but I don't know. Let me look it up to make yeah. sure so I don't say it out loud. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's him. So Kingdom on cool. Netflix is a, like a feudal era zombie show. Mm. Yeah, so it's it and it's got some nice twists and turns to it. So Netflix has actually gotten a lot of South Korean shows recently, and they look cool. They look yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm into it. Right on. Well, that covers current events. So let's just get right into it, man. What you been playing this week? I've been playing Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus, Woo! which I am so close to the end. I'm on the last chapter, but of course, it's one of those. Oh, you got to go through these three dungeons before you get to the main dungeon. Ha ha. Uh, okay. I was like, oh, I'm so close. I just want it to be done. But yeah. surprisingly, what I picked up this week, and I had got last month because it was free on the PlayStation Store. Right. Hollow Knight. Mm. Void Heart Edition. And I know I remember you talking about playing this like last year or something like that. Or yeah. a few years ago. I don't even remember. It's been a while. Yeah, I got the first version of Hollow Knight I got was on Nintendo Switch. And okay. I really I really liked it. I think it has great ambiance. I mean, we talked about it on the show before, too. Oh, yeah. But you, you only played it a little bit. It sounded like you weren't going to get into it. So I was happy to hear that you did. Right. Yeah, I love it. And I hate it at the same time. <laughs> it is the most love-hate relationship I've had with a game ever. It's, like you said, the ambiance is great. The character designs are awesome. The combat is great. It's just that sometimes it can get so difficult. Yeah, the well, difficulty spikes are... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. Difficulty spikes are like sudden. And you're like, what the hell? Why is this so hard? But it's so good, you, you want to keep trying. And then once you get past it, I'm not one that wants a game to be hard for heart's sake. And I don't like mm-hmm. it when people brag about Souls games. Like, oh, get good. And, and you're mm-hmm. not a real gamer in this, la, la, la. Just get a life. Like, no, I just want to have fun. But this game does strike a really interesting balance between difficulty and achievement, and it does make you want to persevere when it throws a brick wall in front of you, and it will throw a few brick walls in front of you, mm-hmm. but it's it's in a way that makes you just play better at the game than you previously knew that you could. Yeah. You know, like that first boss fight against, you know, like one of the reoccurring villains that you run across. I don't want to ruin who she is, but really- Oh, yeah, that first uh, time. She got me a I had, Oh, me too. I had to up my game. I was like, oh, I got to play this a little different. But the fact that it, it you have that option and it ha- it progresses naturally, like you don't feel like you're giving it your all and luck is on your side. You mm. feel like you're progressing and learning. And it is very old school in the fact that, you know, once you get familiar with tactics of your enemy and you get really familiar with the limits of your abilities, you can squeeze out a win, you know. Yeah. And once and you start like getting, great. yeah, once you start getting upgrades, which you don't get for a while true i didn't get i got about two hours in no upgrades mm. i was like there's gotta be like an air dash or 
you know, some super shit I can do. And then when I started getting that stuff, I was like, oh, this game's the shit. Are you <laughs> tired so of cool. <laughs> Are you tired of getting your ass handed to you in Hollow Knight time right. after time after time? Right. There's gotta be a better way. Right. Try upgrades. <laughs> Fuck you. In five hours. <laughs> right. Oh, and the one thing that I absolutely hate about this game. Yeah. Everything costs fucking money. Yeah. So it's like, you gotta buy the map. Then you gotta buy the compass to let you know where you are on the map. Right. Then you gotta buy the markers for special shit that you find on the map. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy. I ran into this person that gives you, uh, upgraded, uh, slots for your runes. Mm-hmm. And when you, Go to them. It's like, oh, you can purchase upgrade slots. You can add an extra slot. But first, you have to have this amount of runes. And it's like, so I got to spend more money on runes before I can spend the money on the extra slot. Okay. Like, it's literally like everybody trying to get over on you in this game. Yeah. As far as money is concerned. But, I mean, it's it's part of it. And when you die, you lose all of the money that you've gained until you go back and you defeat, like, a phantom version of yourself. And then you get it all back, a la Dark Souls and Bloodborne yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, so that last mess and all that. Yeah, yeah, that makes you want to go back and be better and keep playing. So I'm really enjoying it, man. Like I, I'm surprised Veronica actually picked it up and she's playing it too, hmm. and she keeps looking at me playing like, "How? Where are you? What is that? <laughs> How <laughs> are you doing huge. that? The game yeah, is huge because it includes all of the DLC and stuff, which they added yeah. a, a decent amount. Man, it's crazy. I've got like six areas unlocked, and I'm like, this is nuts how big this game is. That's my gripe with the game. One of my few gripes is there's not clear markers for the DLC because the DLC is pretty tough, and you can accidentally stumble into a DLC area and not even know it. Are the Mantis Lords DLC? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because yeah. <laughs> I ran into those fools, and I was like, yo, yo. kill me instantly. Just like Homer Simpson, just back right back into the bush. <laughs> right. Yeah. I surely, I surely did too. I went right out of that bush. I said, I'll lose that shit. Whatever. Yeah. The progression system and having to buy everything and buy things just to buy things. Yeah. The true enemy in Hollow Knight is capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it truly is. It's like, well, cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it though. That's cool. Yeah, I love it. I Great. fucking love it. All right. Well, I have still been playing Age of Calamity. I think I'm pretty close to finishing the story mode, but I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. I unlocked characters you would not expect to see in the game, and I won't explain why they're there, but I unlocked Teba, which is that Rito that helps you with getting to the the, you know, the bird people divine beast. Mhm. And in the original game, Riju, which is the Gerudo princess or maybe she's actually the queen i'm not sure but again she was in the original game yunobu the goron in the original game that was a descendant of daruk and then sidon so sidon of course prince sidon from the uh, the fish folks of course (laughs) and i unlocked those bbw fairies yeah oh baby i showed vicky she was like oh shit oh they (laughs) they are thick it's like yeah Yeah. they are the way that you play them is pretty cool. They share the same pod and they'll pop out every few moves. And there are certain moves that will force a switch. And your special like right trigger move differs depending on which fairy has popped out. And it's pretty good. Cool. So there's there's definitely an optimal way to, to play her. And luckily, Warriors Dojo has been putting out videos on nice. characters. And they put one out on BB, the, the fairies. And they put one out on Riju and Daruk, and the Sheikah Slate version of Zelda. And another character that I'm not going to ruin just yet, but if you want to go check them out, you can. There's a 
character that I haven't come across yet that I was excited to see that was, was playable. So sweet. Yep. Cyberpunk 2077 starting to lose steam on that game. Yeah. It's yeah, it's just because all the side missions, I know I have to beat a lot of side missions in order to have options for the ending of the main quest, but a lot of them are starting to run together. Every side mission is go here, kill all these guys, loot this thing. And right. sometimes there's story around it, but it's just not, it's not giving me life. And the worst part is, <laughs> is every side mission in the map, the way that they're marked, they, they're indistinguishable from the ones where you just go do something and the ones where there's interesting. Like I, I had an interesting side mission where I found a talking gun named Skippy that talks to me while I fire it. <laughs> and it's actually a pretty funny side mission. And there are some good ones out there, but it's marked just the same as the other ones. You know, imagine in the Witcher, like all those question marks where they're just like caches and loot, but like all the interesting side quests in the Witcher were marked the same way. And you're like, well, this is boo. Yeah. But I'm still playing through it and it's crashed on me 20 times so far. It crashed once or twice after the 17 gig update, but it just had another 16 gig update and it hasn't crashed on me. So maybe they fixed the crashes. Yeah, there was a bug that released. I'm not a bug that released a patch that released. I mean, they released a couple, but yeah, yeah. They yeah. just released one this past week for sure. And I threw some shade at reviewers last week about giving them 9 out of 10. You know, the game 9 out of 10 before it came out mm-hmm. and how that seemed inherently dishonest. But what I didn't mention was I was more throwing shade at the system of review early reviews because of embargoes and NDAs. Yeah. You can't really trust early reviews from large outlets because publishers get to choose who review their games and they get to choose what is reviewed. And a lot of NDA bullshit was sent out by Cyberpunk. You can't show your own footage. You have to show our footage, right? right. You uh, play the PC version of the game. Don't show any footage from PlayStation 4 or Xbox. So a lot of reviewers didn't know how bad it was or couldn't submit any footage in order to get the review out. That's their livelihood. So they did what they were asked. So I'm against the system of I I feel like it should be for other media. I was listening to Laura Kate Dale talk this week. She's the host of Hotquisition, which is another good gaming podcast if anybody's interested. But she has published a few books. And the way it works is her book goes to this like reviewer site where people are signed up to review and they just request copies of whatever they want to review. And the site will then review them as a reviewer go, okay, you're a legit reviewer. Here's a copy of the book. Have at it. Right. Right. She didn't get to pick who reviewed her book, which I think is a really good separation and a non-biased way to get reviews on your content. Right. I think the whole system with gaming reviews is corrupt and ridiculous all the retreats, all the presents, all of like the shady things that go on, you know what I mean, to gather mm-hmm. influence really affects these reviews. Yeah, And I yeah, think no. that Cyberpunk has shown that more than anything. So I'm really upset at CD Projekt Red as a publisher, and I feel bad for the people that work for them as developers because they did put a lot of heart and soul to this game. And there's a lot of artistry and a lot of stuff that you could, a lot of potential. And I could yeah. see if they weren't forced to work on these broken last gen systems and they just put it out for PS5 and you know xbox series x and pc i feel like this game would have not only not had near as many bugs or crashes it would have been a lot better overall yeah you know i don't think people would have been mad but it's just that that install base for the base ps4 and xbox it was greed yeah it was publisher greed and unfortunately that was paired with a lot of intentional deception yeah you know what i mean so people who are mad at them as a publisher i totally get it 
they're going to be fine. They own GOG. They're like a billion dollar company. Like they're, they're going to be okay. But I hope that they, they and other companies learn a lesson from this. Quit your bullshit because yeah. people aren't going to take it anymore. And the fact that I'm amazed at the blowback and you had some news about the blowback too, but just like PlayStation, Xbox, you know, accepting returns, PlayStation, removing it from their store, retail stores after you've opened the game, like Best Buy, who is Best Boy taking copies right. back. <laughs> You know yeah, what I mean? That's unheard of. That is uh, wild. But yeah, no, you had some news in, in regards to happen this week. Uh, yeah, for so, Cyberpunk. yeah, the blowback is so hard that investors are actually suing CD Projekt Red. Woo! Yeah, they're saying that they allegedly misrepresented the game's performance. Mm. And they basically came out and were showing them that there were just a few bugs that, you know, players wouldn't notice. But in fact, the game was virtually unplayable on PS4 and the base Xbox. Mm. so yeah they're gonna fight it obviously but it's oof, it's not looking good man this is this is probably one of the greatest console game botch launches of of all time recent memory for sure yeah it's definitely up there like i thought marvel's avengers was bad but oh, this no, this annihilated it <laughs> oh my god yeah it's so and it's a shame i was really excited i was rooting for this game i really right. hype was. hype killed it hype definitely killed it there yeah was too much hype I mean, I think you can deliver on the hype to a point because if you just come out with a decent game, it's cool. Maybe maybe it won't live up to everybody's expectations. But I mean, just bad management, man. Yeah. You know? It was just ugh. Okay. Well, let's move on. That <laughs> that that's basically the bulk of gaming news this week, too. But uh I bought Final Fantasy Ten on Switch because it was on sale. So now yes. I own it on PS two, PS three, PS four, and Nintendo Switch. Yes. I buy all the versions. I'll buy it on Game Boy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I've actually been playing it during like exercise on the treadmill and stuff this week. Yes. And I find that the best game to play while on the treadmill is an RPG that I'm super comfortable with. Yeah. That way I don't have to think too much. I can just do a little bit of grinding while I'm doing some real life grinding. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's been working out really well. Smash Brothers Ultimate officially dropped Sephiroth and all his content this week, of course. Nice. So I got to play all the spirit battles. It's a pretty robust spirit battle list. You get all the playable or all the characters from Final Fantasy VII. So you get a spirit battle against all of them individually. Tifa, Barrett, Red Thirteen, Kate Sith, Sid. Vincent, Sid, Yuffie. You get three summons. You get Chocobo and Moogle. You get Ifrit and you get Shiva. Oh, no, four, because you get Bahamut Zero. Cool. And then you get to fight against the Turks and Rufus. Do you know who plays Rufus? Hmm. Is it a Fire Emblem character? It is. Okay. Ike? No, not, not nah. quite. Not quite. Uh, it is. Oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, he's close. Uh, I can't remember the name. The one that uses the spell book. Yeah, Robin. That's yes, right. Yes, okay. Thank you. Robin with his white coat, too. He looks just like him. And they give him that submarine gun where he shoots, like, the missiles. Oh, sweet. It's perfect, dude. And, yeah. of course, all the Turks are just, like, me. There's two me gunners. Rude. He's a me brawler, of course. Right. And Action. Reno. 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 <laughs> Reno, Reno is uh, me sword fighter. Cool. Of course. So, no, it's a really good battle, too. And I had mentioned earlier I was excited because they had a legendary spirit, which is like, they never have those. They always have those. Here's the issue that I have. the legend. They always have one legendary in these DLC spirits, mm -hmm. but the legendaries are always support spirits, and they're never primary spirits, right? Oh, okay. And just once, I want to get a primary legendary spirit from one of these DLCs, but it's not happening. But right. it is a new ability. The Bahamut Zero Legendary Support Spirit will increase the power of your final smash. Nice. Yeah. 
which I think would go really nice on Sephiroth. Yeah, y'all gonna get hit with that ether, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Oi. Right. So, so yeah, it's it's uh it's good stuff. Having fun with that. I dusted off my Shadow of the Colossus remake for PS4 because I never actually played it. I need I, to of dust course, that off. I beat it several times on PS2, and then I got the HD remake from a friend for PS3, and I beat it on there. So I just never really got around to playing the remake. It's good. It feels weird because the sound and the music is ripped straight from the original game. It doesn't sound bad, but it makes my brain want to see the original game. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at this newer version. And I got all the way up to the third Colossus. The third Colossus is just as frustrating when you try to, like, climb up his arm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's good. It's it's great, you know. And I I think it's free for the PS4, PS Plus collection on PS5. Oh, okay. Cool. So you can get it pretty much whenever you get a PS5 and you have PS Plus. I have a physical copy, but I just download it since I have access to. So, yeah. yeah. Good times. All right. Well, like I said before, there isn't a whole lot of gaming news this week, which is understandable, holidays and whatnot. Right. But Nintendo did an interesting thing that I haven't seen them do before. They emailed all of the Switch users that have, you know, my Nintendo set up and gave them their stats for 2020. And we got a chance to look at our stats. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured we share those. So Nintendo tells me I'm a core gamer, whatever that means. I guess <laughs> right. I, I play I play a lot of games at my core, deep right. down. In your core, <laughs> ugh. And so far, the number of this is updated from when I first looked at it, but so far, the number of hours I've played up to today is 1,082. Yeesh. How many hours do you play on your Switch? Uh, it's much less impressive. Uh, 57. <laughs> 57 hours total? 57 hours total. Wow. You be on that PS4. Man, I'll be on it. Dog yeah, on you, it. Didn't, you didn't really have any Switch main games that you played this year, right? Yeah, not really. Like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Okay. You know, Dark Siders Genesis. I didn't get to beat that yet, but okay. Yeah, mainly I use the Switch for RPGs, honestly. Right. So, but you also use the PS4 for RPGs. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right on. Uh, last year I had a thousand ninety-one, so I've got I got to get ten more hours on my Switch before New Year's if I want to beat last year's. I think so you apparently can do that. <laughs> the pandemic had no effect on my playtime with the Switch. You figured it would increase it? No, right. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> Now, I played 98 games this year on my Switch, so that helped the hours. How many games did you play? 13. 13? Okay. Yeah. And then what about last year? It was actually double, 26 games. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the pandemic, well, the thing is, you launched your business this year. Yeah. So yeah, I think all your numbers are going to go down because you're so hard at work. Right. And last year, I played 171 hours, and this year, only 57. So yeah, makes sense. That's tracking, man. That yeah. just means you're 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 launching that business. That means yeah. you're you are business successful. Oh, yeah. I'm over here neglecting my work and family. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, surprisingly, surprisingly, I do hold down a full-time job, and my family is quite pleased with me. At least that's what they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so... Somehow I do it. I don't know how, but I'm not running my own business. That's way more taxing. Yeah. I got a job I can forget about at five o'clock. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's unfulfilling and I hate it. So there's that, <laughs> but I can't forget about it. So yeah. All right. So most played games, my top five most played games this year were Animal Crossing. That's no surprise. Mm-hmm. It, it came out this year. So I put the most time into it. Fire Emblem Warriors. Cool. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Super Smash Brothers Melee, or Ultimate, excuse me. (laughs) Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Fire Emblem Three Houses. And last year, let's see, Fire Emblem Warriors was replaced by Hyrule Warriors and Dragon Quest XI was what I played instead of uh, Animal Crossing. Yeah, my uh, top five were Xenoblade Chronicles 2, 
Okay. Dark Side is Genesis. Makes sense. Mar- Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which I played right. with you. Yeah, we. <laughs> we finished that, boy. Yeah. Pokemon Shield mm-hmm. and Trials of Mana. Got or it. mana or whatever you want to say. Last whatever year, you want to say, yeah. yeah, last year was Dragon Quest Eleven, mm-hmm. which is an amazing game. Ugh. Oh, so good. Uh, Tales of Vesperia, which is also an amazing game. Pokemon Shield, Astral Chain, which is also pretty good. Yeah, and decent. Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three as well, because cool. that's when it came out. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like out of your 157 hours last year, uh, or however much it was, uh, probably 150 of it was uh, Dragon Quest. Right. That game is, <laughs> that's a big boy. Yeah, so good. Uh, Really so good. good. Such beautiful. All right. And then my most active day this year was March 14th, 2020, which was the Saturday after I was told I was going to be working from home and I hadn't started the podcast yet. Hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's great. That Mine was in March too. It was Monday, March 30th. Okay, cool. And then I played five Mario games this year. Are you playing any Mario games? Just one. Huh. And I don't even remember which one it was. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think what counts as Mario games. I played Mario 35. I played Super Mario Maker 2. I played Mario Odyssey. Oh, 3D All-Stars. That's what it was. And 3D All-Stars. I don't know if that's four or five. But I, uh, maybe they count different games in. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, mm-hmm. good times. So, bit of weird news that I did come across this week. I don't know if you heard about this. KFC, <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken, Peace. is releasing a video game console. Mm-hmm. With a chicken warming compartment called the KF console. Yes. Now, this is like a little gaming PC. It's designed by Cooler Master. It's got an Intel NUC9 Extreme Compute Element processor with two Seagate Barracuda 1 terabyte SSDs and a swappable GPU slot. Wow. And it's all contained with a modified Cassis of a Cooler Master NC100, but it's got the KFC logo on it. It's VR ready as well, and it's got ray tracing technology that supports 240 frames per second with 240 hertz output and up to 4K video quality. And is signature piece, a built-in chicken chamber to keep your chicken warm by redirecting the heat from the cooling mechanism of the computer itself. Okay. I was wondering about that. (laughs) Now it's just gonna overheat, man. Well what what I was saying is if you're okay. Here's the thing about here's the thing about computers. So KFC. much wrong with it. I know so much wrong. Here's the thing about computers. You want it to run as cool as possible. If your computer is producing enough heat to keep your chicken hot, <laughs> ish bad. Ish no good. Ish no bueno. This isn't the seventies where they kept their pizzas on top of their computers, right? right? <laughs> because because them shits burn so hot, Man. hotter than the sun. Like, this is the bad news. So CNN reached out to Intel for comment, but they did not dignify this with a response. Makes sense. The console should run around $2,000 and will be a collector's items for chicken lovers and gamers everywhere who like to get grease on their hardware. So I can't wait to find one at Goodwill. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to watch the inevitable YouTube channels about it or YouTube episodes about it. Yeah, right. So we'll see how that goes. So yeah, if you're interested and you love chicken and little PCs that could, <laughs> get yourself the KF console. My thing is, why are you eating chicken while playing your game? <laughs> I've done worse things, but it's definitely not something I want to make more convenient or a habit of. So right. yeah, I and it's like, are you going to KFC, buying the chicken, bringing it back, putting it in the chicken warmer? Like it's just, it's a lot. 
That's a lot of steps. Yeah, Jesus. I don't even know, man. All right. So last thing with gaming news, you had mentioned that there was – we don't do sales and deals as often as we used to, but this seemed to be notable. The What was it? Yeah, the PSN holiday sale. Ah. Yeah. So they're running a big sale. There are hundreds of games that are like 25 to 75% off. Ooh. And some stuff that I was even looking to get. But uh, I got a little list for you because, like I said, it's hundreds of games. I got about eight, eight to ten for you. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, $29.99. Crash Bandicoot, It's About Time, Mm $29.99. Job Simulator, which is a hard to find game physically. Mm-hmm. And so it runs about sixty two hundred dollars. Uh, it's fourteen ninety nine. Okay. Near Automata Game of the Year High Edition twenty or nineteen ninety nine. So excellent okay. game. Pick it up. Oh yeah, it's uh, good. Uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy for thirteen ninety nine. Not bad. Yeah, that's three fully remade Spyro games, and they're all, all right. pretty pretty good. Spyro for Smash. Right. Exactly. Uh, Rayman <laughs> for Smash. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five Definitive Edition. For six dollars and fifty nine cents, hmm. that's all the DLC and everything. Uh, Injustice two four ninety nine and Sniper Elite four for five ninety nine. Okay, so that, those are just some of the ones that stuck out to me. There's a lot of like JRPGs, platformers, racing games. Everything is on there. Everything's for sale, baby. Yeah, if you're following sales by publishers, I've noticed that both, well, I don't know if Capcom's doing any more, but I know Square Enix for sure has a lot of their stuff at least half off, possibly more. So if yeah. you've been eyeballing a Squeenix game, you know, like a Lost Sphere or a Final Fantasy, you might be able to get it a little cheaper. So just yeah. saying. Awesome. Cool, 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 cool. Well, we are at the top of the hour here, so I have got just one question for you, Derek. This week, what you feeling? I am feeling a manga that just started by the name of Sakamoto Days. Mm. This is a manga about a retired assassin who quits the life, gets married, has a kid, and runs a convenience store. And basically, the show is just about how he's just living his life, trying not to kill people, but eventually the life catches up to him. And he runs into a assassin who tries to kill him that eventually ends up working for him. Mm. And he's just, even though he's overweight and out of shape, he has still got it, man. And it's just, it's the perfect mix of action and comedy. And I love it. It's like, if you... Watch One Punch Man and you love that, you'll probably love this. Oh, okay. I'm a big yeah. fan of One Punch Man. I like that. Yeah. I like the philosophy behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. Good show. It's like, oh, man, I'm so strong, but is it I'm so it? bored. Right. <laughs> but yeah, Sakamoto Days, it just started about five weeks ago. There's only five chapters out. So, so far, it's pretty good. I enjoy it. Cool. So, you know a few things about me. I haven't been my friend for a few years. Yeah. What do you think are my top three favorite things? Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. Berserk and video games, obviously. Well, I would probably put in the top three, or maybe we'll do a top five, butts. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I am a proponent of the gluteus maximus. Mm. And a few years ago, I saw this Kickstarter that I could not ignore, combining two of my favorite things video games and butts. And I realized that I had to get, for lack of a better term, I had to get behind this thing. Okay. <laughs> so there is a book written by actually the podcast host and journalist that I mentioned earlier. Her name is Laura Kate Dale. Mm-hmm. And the book is called Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. It is a <laughs> coffee table book about video game butts, reviewing video game butts for video gamers who nice. like butts. 
And I just got my copy, finally. I think I shipped in like $50 for the support of this book, although you can get it on Kindle, I think, for like $13.50 right now. It's on sale. I think it's regularly $18, and bookstores are going to start carrying this book pretty soon if you're interested. And it is a review of various video game characters' butts, and do you have a character whose butt you would like to hear about? Let's see. Butts I'd like to hear about. I can read an excerpt. Let's go with... Mario's butt. Okay, let's go with the titular it's power, character. It's strong. It's strong. It can crush Goombas in a single bound. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you a little preview of the book by reading Mario's section. And if you are so interested, you can find this book, like I said, in, in various bookstores. And I think on Amazon Kindle. <clears throat> Mario's butt is probably one of the most iconic butts in video games <laughs> by sheer virtue of how well known he is as a character. Whether you play games or not, the stout plumber in his blue overalls and red cap is familiar far and wide. Mario as a character is known across the world. He's as instantly recognizable as, say, Mickey Mouse, and will remain so regardless of the effort put in developing him and his games. This level of automatic notoriety is important to note, because from his butt design alone, we can (laughs) infer that the character of Mario has become sloppy and complacent over the years. Damn. Think back to the original Super Mario. Mario's butt was tiny, barely a few pixels across. He jumped, he leapt, and you never saw his butt as anything of note. However, as the Super Mario series has gone on, his butt has just ballooned in size. First he got more pixels, then he started packing on the polygons, and at this point, (laughs) Mario became known for the flab he carried around the top of his legs. While his additional posterior fat might be useful... Its introduction coincided with his ability to stomp down on things below himself, buttocks first. He's done very little to tone his butt or to make interesting mechanical use of it. He's a character who has grown complacent due to the rapid growth of his fame, and the way he has treated his butt is an example of that laxness. It's the flabby, undefined butt of someone who is so famous, he no longer has to make any effort to be noticed. Wow. That was really good. Now... You can find, there's some guest writers in here too. I find the excerpt on the pig butts from the Souls series to be extremely entertaining. That's written by Jim Sterling. <laughs> there are excerpts in here on various games, Mass Effect, you know, Metal Gear Solid, Horizon Zero Dawn, Overwatch, Undertale, you name it. And like I said, that is what I am feeling this week because I enjoy me some video games and I enjoy me some butts. So I'm very happy this week. I really enjoy this and I can't wait till this COVID thing is over because this is going to be my coffee table book of choice. I want people to pick it up and start reading it and have a good time with it. So Nice. I can't wait. And it's illustrated by Zach Flavin. So I'll go ahead and plug him as well. Good illustrations here of all the booties. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. Next week, we're getting on to the end of the year. It'll actually be literally, I think, when we actually release and record, it'll be January 2021. So I think it's about time we do our top games of the year. And we were discussing it prior to recording, but I'm thinking for both of us, a solid top five. Yeah. Top five. Top five games of 2020. Yep. And as an extra bonus, we will think on the worst game that we have played in 2020. Now, I want to make an addendum here. For the top five games... You don't have to have completed the game, but you have to have played at least 30 hours of it. Okay. Okay? Because I know that we don't have time to play all the games that came out this year, but we want to have enough playtime to to give an informed review. Mm -hmm. And for the worst game that we played in 2020, it does not necessarily need to come out in 2020. Okay. 
So if you played a game this year that just sucks and it came out in like 2018, we can talk about it. Came out in 2002, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't go find like a really bad game this week to play and like, oh, I'll play right. it. Ooh, so, I hate this game. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one game that you naturally went after, you're like, oh, I regret this very much. <laughs> Every, this is fine. <laughs> All right. Speaking of fine, I'm feeling more than fine. I'm feeling powerful. I'm feeling mm. charged up. I'm feeling... Anime Fabulous! Oh! Wow! This week it is time for the Derek X Mike Anime Challenge! I challenge you! Do a duel of animes! You are watching Berserk, you're on episode 13. I'm watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episodes 37 through 39. So, Derek, I gotta ask you this week, Berserk, episode 13, was it hype? It was pretty hype, I'm telling you, man. It's Woo! getting better and better. Woo! Guts and Costa are in the woods. They're yes. in the woods, and they are running from the Blue Whale Knights. That's right, yeah. shooter coming. Yeah, they call up to them, and they are 100 deep. Oh, man. Casca is still dealing with her lady issues, which Guts points out quite a bit in this episode. He's just like, that's why you don't belong here, because you got women issues. You don't belong on a men's battlefield. And I'm like, oh, Guts, I thought you were being a little progressive, but then you... There you go again, falling down that rabbit hole of masculinity. Whenever but, he gets in survival mode, he gets so asshole-ish. Yeah, like he's... Like, I know he doesn't <laughs> truly believe that, but, like, he... I think, I don't know what it is about him, his character. I think he's so afraid of losing someone or he's afraid of getting close to somebody that and I think he thinks like in order to survive, he has to push everybody away. So like, if you notice, he's super sweet to her when things are peaceful. And then when, when shit pops off, he's like, I hate you. I hate everything about you. I hate yeah. everyone else that knows Why you. are you a woman? Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why can't you be a dude right now? Yeah. But yeah, they're, uh, they're completely surrounded and they start fighting them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casca is having trouble because she's on her period and yeah, she's, she's feverish she's, and she's mm-hmm. just tired. She's worn out. Yep. And she's going, she's going for the tendons on these guys, man. She's going like Ooh. under the arms, on the wrist, mm-hmm. and she's getting, she's, she kills a few people. Mm-hmm. And eventually Guts just tells her to run after, uh, Adon sends his younger brother after him. And mm-hmm. he's like seven feet tall and his armor's like three times as thick as a regular person's armor. And he's got a spiked mace that he swings around. And he swings it at Guts, and he's like, if this, if you get hit with that directly, you're done. And Guts swings his sword, and he deflects it. Of course, mm-hmm. pure anime style. Gotta love it. And uh-huh. he just continuously, like, bashing his weapon away. And this guy is swinging this thing pretty fast, and I'm like, that, that doesn't make any sense, but I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, and Costa but Guts thinks- can't do it forever. I mean, he got shot in the side, and he's bleeding out, and I think she notices that. Yeah, and Guts is, uh, Costa is just like, he is doing this to protect me. Even mm-hmm. though he's a, such he's such a dick, he's really trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Gus has just had enough, and he swings his sword super hard and completely crushes this spike ball mace. And I was like, "Yes, that's <laughs> Gus. Awesome. That's Gus, baby!" And he tells Casca to run. She eventually runs, mm-hmm. and she gets caught by three other blue whale knights, and mm-hmm. they proceed to try and have their way with her, mm-hmm. which is just a. At this point, it's a trope, man. I'm tired of seeing it. But, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. These guys are freak nasty boys. Yeah. And uh, I assume they're going to get what's coming to them. Meanwhile, uh, Adon tells all the mercenaries that he's hired, he says, look, whoever kills this guy, I will multiply the reward by five times. And they're like, mm. five times? And I'll make you a battalion commander. They're like, okay, shit, let's do it. And so <laughs> they start going after Guts, and he is just 
mowing him down, slicing through him. He's like, every time he swings his sword, somebody dies, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is crazy, man. So he's taking on like a hundred dudes, and the episode ends off with him swinging his sword through two dudes, and it does that stylistic art finish. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah, sh- 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 yeah. Still. That's that's where we leave off. It's great. Oh man, yeah. It's that's great. we got to see what happens if Casca's able to get away. If Guts can survive, did he do that inner monologuing thing? Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, they always do that. But uh, yeah. it's one of those things that's a detriment to, I think, any show really. Mm-hmm. When you start the show in the future, mm-hmm. and then you go back, because mm-hmm. now I know that Guts is obviously going to survive, and there's no like tension really. Yeah. Just, That's just fair. for just for Guts's character. Because... I was gonna say there's tension for Casca for sure, and I get where you're at. But when we see Guts, he's pretty well jacked up. We yeah, he's how, he's ha- how that happened. Right. Yeah. Like he he doesn't have an arm. At the, one of his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's definitely on his way to supreme badassery. But yeah, no, I agree. It's it's cool to see how it happened. Like I don't mind prequels so much if it kind of you know has it tells the story in an interesting way. Right, because I mean, you could kind of say the same thing for Mandalorian in certain respects. Like you know how things turn out, but not for certain individuals and certain threads, and you know, right? It's cool. It's still cool to see how things happen. What I like about this show, and part of it was evidence in this episode, but I don't know if it's evidence more in the next episode or this one because they blur together for me since I haven't seen the show in a while. Right. But I like that he does the anime thing where he'll talk about stuff, but he does it in his mind while he's acting, so he doesn't right. stop. To out loud go, well, I see that I'm not going to be able to last forever. I'm going to have to do something different. So what I'm going to try is this, because your technique is this. Mm-hmm. He's just in his head like, I'm not going to survive. i got to do something different. But he's still fighting and the action's going on. Anime does this really bad thing that I hate. It's one of its tropes where it, it grinds all the action to a halt to explain to its dumb audience. Which, again, the audience isn't dumb, right? But it treats us like right. we are a lot. Yeah. And it has to explain to us, like, what the characters are thinking and why they're doing what they're doing. And I'm like, you have to stop. That actually happened in Full Metal Alchemist yeah. this, this week. Yeah. So I'll talk about that in a sec. But well, here's uh, the, here's oh, thoughts. Yeah, yeah uh, I really liked it. Here's the thing about anime. It is aimed towards children. Not this or one. To, or to, not this one. Definitely not this one. Whew, but, like, berserk. it's aimed towards teenage boys. Mm-hmm. So teenage boys are pretty stupid. Like, they're not very smart. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I, like I don't know how Japanese teenage boys are, but if, they're super smart. Are you kidding yeah. me? No, yeah, I mean, yeah, in in like ed, academically, yeah. but in the themes of the show and this anime, like what are I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. All no, I, know I, is that I, it, I yeah. get, I get your argument. I think there's a fine line between treating your audience like they have enough sense and then making things so convoluted it goes over their heads. Mm-hmm. I just think it overdoes it. I think yeah. it explains things way too much. And I again, I, I I think it's cultural. Yeah. But it's interesting because more is expected out of Japanese students. You know, right. most of them know two languages before they even get to high school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, I mean, we, we joke about how in Pokemon, you send a 10-year-old out into the world with its Pokemon to travel to other towns. Right. 10-year-olds in Japan travel by themselves all the time, like using the subway and everything. Like that's just a thing over there. Right. Mm. So culturally, it's not that different for them. So you have very independent, very capable children, yet your TV shows are even more dumbed down and, and lack nuance. I just find it odd. Yeah. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. Who knows? But, but yeah, I'm enjoying there are great parts about it. That's why I watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I'm enjoying Berserk. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. 
Well, let me get into it then. Episode 37, uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. <clears throat> we learn about the first homunculus. So we start off, Edward is getting his auto mill upgraded by Winry. Kimberly's issuing orders to try to keep Alphonse separated from Edward, probably so that they can't signal each other back and forth. I'm not really sure what that's about. Olivier actually sends a search party down into the tunnels to search for the missing troops, finally. And they do come across a couple of survivors, and I'm like, oh my god, they're going to die. And the survivors are like, ah, turn off the lights. And you can see like the eyeball, like the shadow and the tunnel mm-hmm. kind of like wake up and look around. And I'm like, oh, they are so dead. They're so fucked. And then it shoots back to Hawkeye. Hawkeye had to stop by Bradley's house. I can't remember exactly why. King, she had to go by King Bradley's house to drop something off or get some information. Mm-hmm. But whatever the case, she's talking to King Bradley's wife. And then she like gets really freaked out. And you see like this little shadow creep up. Like out of the corner of her eye, and when she turns around, it's just his adopted son, Salim Bradley. And I was like, "Oh my god, is Salim like is Salim a homunculus too? Is Salim bad? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean?" And Salim is acting like extra suspicious, like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" Right. And I was like, "Salim, dude." <laughs> <laughs> so she, when she's leaving, she hears a familiar voice call out, and it's the same voice that Pride used when talking to King Bradley when you couldn't see Pride. Mm-hmm. Salim is Pride. And Hawkeye discovers or suspects this because when before she leaves, when she's talking to Bradley's wife, she admits, and this is why Salim gets upset, that she Salim is her stepkid. Right. And it's actually Salim, uh, Bradley's blood son, which we know not to be true, but that's how they're posing it. Right. So when she found that out, she was like, oh, shit, Bradley can't have kids. What's going on? <laughs> and then Pride's like, yeah, she gave up too much information, but I'm watching you from the shadows. And he like uses shadows to like basically wrap her up and almost like like i think he like cut her cheek and she's like you're not gonna kill me because then you won't have any leverage he was like you're too smart for your own good but i'm watching right. you yeah and i was like oh shit so a, so that surprised you obviously yeah no it definitely surprised me and salim having these shadows like he even said don't compare me to another homunculus like gluttony i'm the right. first homunculus blah 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 yeah <laughs> but the powers are sick like there's a reason why pride is so prideful like mm-hmm. pride has that like pride can literally use the power of shadow to insta kill anybody yeah i mean you saw what happened in the tunnels the spikes came out and just ripped those guys up right they had no everyone. chance yeah he can move very fast. He can move via shadows. There is a way to counteract his ability, but that's to have no light at all. Right. And that that doesn't seem safe. Right. <laughs> so we shoot over to Kimberly, who orders Edward to search for Scar and Marco with him so they can create a, a, a blood crest similar to Ishval in Briggs Fortress. They want to put one there. And again, it's probably all part of the grand plan of the, the giant crest. Right. He tempts Edward with offering to give him a philosopher's stone if he accepts edward does accept but you can already tell that he's probably not going to use it he kind of winks at alphonse too alphonse tells can tell like okay he's accepting this but it's for ulterior motives right right and alphonse kind of lets winry know on this in on the situation edward accepts the job before they leave winry comes up with an excuse to go with them she goes, I just upgraded your auto mail, and if it messes up, then I got to be the one to fix it. And her long diatribe and story, Kimberly's like, fine, come along, who cares? Right. <laughs> Fuck. So <laughs> they all go along to search for Scar, Winry, uh, Into. The real intent that they suspect is to find May, learn that Jing Alkahestry, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Central is starting to kind of get on board with that, too. So you go to the next episode, Hawkeye gets a call from Mustang. 
It's almost like Mustang Intuitive knew Hawkeye was having a bad time. Right. But Hawkeye was super lip, lips are sealed, right? Because I don't want pride coming over and hearing anything. So she mm-hmm. couldn't really say anything. But it was a nice exchange. You could tell they're in tune with each other. In the town of Basul, where they're looking for, it's like an abandoned town. The Elric brothers and Winry, they end up losing the guards assigned to them just by running off and creating a false wall. And then almost immediately after, they run into May, Marco, and Yoki. And Yoki explains in detail that he actually knows Edward and he was banished from the state military because of the Elric brothers. But yeah. no one's paying attention to him. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you uh, watch the original series, that yeah. whole, like, there's a whole episode with him yeah. in it. So they had to catch us up in Brotherhood. Exactly. And I, I think it's funny that all the characters are like, yeah, whatever. And, right. Because it just shows how much they care about his backstory. Exactly. <laughs> Now, in a different part of a school, Scar encounters another pair of Kimberly's men, two soldiers named Jerso and Zapano, who turn into chimeras. Yeah. One of them has, like, super spit, and <laughs> the other one shoots a lot of spikes. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> when he right? spits. <laughs> and they're like, we studied you. We know you try to use alchemy on the ground when things get hairy. So they pinned him to the ground when he tried to use it with the, with the sticky spit. <laughs> <laughs> And Edward and Alphonse arrive just in time to beat back the Chimeras, and they re-restrain Scar themselves. Winry and Miles arrive. Miles, of course, at Ishvalan's soldier that works at Briggs. And Winry confronts Scar face-to-face about the deaths of her parents. And uh, then they shoot to an explosion created by Scar that like, shoots forward. And Edward escapes out, and he's yelling at Kimberly like, You were supposed to watch Winry! And they look up at the above of the building and Scar has taken Winry hostage. Ooh. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just seems suspect to me. I didn't believe it 100%. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, you shoot over to Olivier's squad who retrieved the survivors from the tunnels. They actually got back, but it took them a really long time because they couldn't use lights. Soldiers from Central came to retrieve Olivier, and Briggs Fortress is now being approached by all those soldiers. So like they're all coming from Central to get Olivier, it looks like. I'm not exactly sure why, but I think I know why. Mm. <laughs> Might have something to do with a certain missing top general. Yeah. <laughs> so you shoot to the next episode, the third episode, and this is where I got kind of annoyed. They really went over all... All of the painstaking details of, of Winry's kidnapping to like an insane degree. Like I, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I get it. Right. But, but basically when Winry's confronting Scar and she's faced the man who killed her parents, she decides to start bandaging his wounds, saying that it was something her parents would have done. Right. And that kind of touches Scar. And then Miles talks to Scar and says, hey, I joined the military to try to gradually change the way people think of his fallen from the inside. And... He agrees to to help Edward. May and Marco kind of need Scar to decipher the his brother's research because it's written in ancient Ishvalan. Mm-hmm. And Miles said, "Hey, I can hide y'all at the fort, so we can get you out of here, figure it out." And you know, I'm not with these central fools. Let's do this. Miles then turns to kill the two Chimeras that they caught, and Alphonse convinces him to stay their hand. He's like, "They're human, or they were once human." And the Chimeras are like, "Man, whatever, kill us. We don't care." And Alphonse is like, don't you have families? He's like, yeah, but we can never go back. We can never get our bodies back. And Alphonse reveals that he's a suit of armor. And he's like, I'm still fighting. You guys should fight too. And they're right. like, you know, they're starting to be kind of convinced. And then they find out about the whole, somebody let it slip, the central plot about how everybody's going to die. And they're like, what's this about? Mm-hmm. And then they realize like what plot they were a part of. And then I think these guys are going to turn into good guys. But basically they're convinced like, hey, we'll go with you. You can bind our hands if you don't trust us. We're done fighting for Central. We're going to try to fight to get our bodies back and go back to our families. 
Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's nice. Alphonse out here changing lives. I would just keep the Chimera body, though. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, if if they're trying to sneak by, I can see why they want to go back to, to human form. At yeah. least at least to make them feel better. Because if they're bound and they're also... Living no, no, no. I mean, I mean, as far as getting their original bodies back. Like, just keep the super spit and shit and, you know, go live with your family. I don't know. It, it may have something to do with the amount of energy it takes to look humanoid when you're actually a chimera. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't know. I, mean, I mean, like you said, if it was that easy, they'd probably just choose that. But I don't think it's that easy. Right. Uh, Winry does come up with the whole ruse to make it look like Scar has kidnapped her so they can elude Kimberly. And Scar and company, after the big escape attempt, they head for the fort via tunnels in the mine uh, just before a blizzard's about to set in. So that way they can escape the blizzard. And Alphonse and Miles had stayed behind. Miles, or actually I think uh, Edward too, Miles receives word that Olivier is no longer commander of Briggs and has been relieved of command. It's now being controlled by state alchemists. And they kind of need to warn the group that's heading there. Alphonse willingly goes into the blizzard because he's like, I don't have a body. I don't have to be warned. But then he goes out in the blizzard and he's like, <laughs> right. like I was like, you sound kind of cold. Right. Which is also a plot hole. Why are you cold? <laughs> yeah. Why, why are you breathing like that? You're, exactly. you're a suit of armor. But he goes out into the blizzard to try to find and warn the group. And he kind of hallucinates from the cold and he actually sees his body for a moment. And then he starts to ruminate on whether or not like a body separated will constantly try to seek out its soul mm. and how that works. And then they shoot to the last scene of the third episode. Father making alchemic plans. He's got the big, huge alchemy symbol outlined around Amestris. Mm-hmm. He's pointing to one going, okay, we got Alphonse for this Edward for this sacrifice. Hohenheim, Izumi, which is Alphonse and Edward's alchemy teacher. Mm-hmm. And then we need one more candidate. I was like, oh, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And that's the end of that. So yeah, yeah. whatever the these sacrifices entail, it sounds like our main characters are going to be a major sacrifice. And they're, the through line is they're all pretty powerful alchemists. I mean, you can say Alphonse and Edward aren't as powerful as Hohenheim and Izumi, but all four of them that he mentioned have seen the truth. Right. So that may have something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? These episodes kind of largely took place in the same spot. There wasn't a whole lot going on. The biggest thing for me was probably just the reveal of pride, I think. Yeah. So, but I mean, like I said, things are moving and allies are starting to shore up like I talked about before. And now we have the two chimeras, scars on our side now. Like things are are looking up like everybody's squaring off to actually bring the fight to central and have a fighting chance. So nice. I mean, we're getting up there, right? I only got like 20, little 20 something episodes left. So yeah, awesome, we'll see. Man. We'll see. All right. Well, that is our show. So if people are interested in some of those deals, some of those games you name will not be there on uh, Sunday. Thanks to me, <laughs> but some of them will a lot of good stuff. I know that for sure. Where can they find you? Talk to you. Find your deals. Uh, they can find the deals on ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. On Instagram, you can follow me at gamer goodies more and on Twitter at goodies underscore more. Excellent. All right. And if you're on Facebook, please look up our Facebook page, facebook.com slash player two has entered the pod. Follow and like us. We would very much appreciate it. We post just regular status updates on there, links to when the new episodes come out, in case you want to subscribe that way. And my wife is constantly finding fun clips of the show and putting them up there if you just want to listen to like five or ten minutes or so, just to see if you're you're into it. 
You can also find me and follow me on Twitter at MikePetersonAL. And if you're on YouTube, a couple channels that might be of interest, I archive my Twitch streams on MC Paper Stacks Plays. And we have an official YouTube channel for Player 2 has entered the podcast. So you can search Player 2 has entered the podcast, find copies of our episodes on YouTube, and the clips that are made of our episodes on YouTube. Of course, we'd really appreciate if you locate us, subscribed, and press the bell for notifications so you can get notifications about new videos pertaining to the podcast. Now, if you're on Twitch, I have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. I stream Mondays at 9, Brawlers and Warriors games, right now doing Age of Calamity. Friday, I stream at 10 p.m. Eastern doing horror games. And then Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern is the main stream, playing through Cyberpunk right now. It's kind of meh, but there are fun moments, and I would love to see you there. We publish new episodes of this podcast every single Sunday, our main hub, anchor.fm slash player two is enter the pod you can visit there you can also find us on breaker google podcast overcast pocket cast radio public apple podcast and spotify and finally if you'd like to reach out to us ask a question come on the show or make a suggestion anything like that you can contact us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com we would love to hear from you and that's that that's that baby that's see a wrap all later that's right. We will see you next week with our top five video games of 2020. Yeah. And will it be the new year next time we? Yeah. Next time we record, it'll be the new year. So a happy new year to all you. And let's hope that 2021 has something better in store for everybody. Oh, please let it have something better in store. <laughs> all right. See you guys next week. Bye. See ya.